Well, hello there. I got nothing for you. I had to go ask the newsroom if there were any big stories today to talk about because I I got nothing. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. The Eric Erickson Show from my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta. Full disclosure, yeah, we're going to spend the whole hour on this situation uh, and then some. I will take your calls. I am happy to answer your questions. I suspect some of you have them. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I I struggled um, with trying to order what to do because there's so much here. Uh, And I, I need to actually push back some on the media here. I need to do a lot of analysis. I want to, out of the gate, give you my my view. I think every one of you knows it, but just so you know, I am pro-life. Uh, I, am, I am happy uh, banning abortion. I am delighted by this news, but regardless, I need to actually just shoot it straight with you instead of gloating because that does a disservice to everyone. I And look, there's there's time to gloat for a lot of us. I mean, we haven't seen the Democrats this mad since the Supreme Court overruled Plessy versus Ferguson. But nonetheless, uh, we will we will we'll, we'll, we can get into gloating later. Let me, let me just play it straight for you, if, if you will, uh, needling along the way, perhaps. But in all seriousness and candor. The very first thing you need to know is that uh, the right to an abortion is not going away. It is not going away. That's the way it's covered in the media, and I want to spend time exploring that with you. But it's not going away. First of all, this is a draft decision. A decision has not been made. Uh, The Supreme Court is confirming through the office of the Chief Justice that the leak was real. For those of you who have just been out to lunch today and don't know what's going on here, last night, someone from the Supreme Court, we do not know who, leaked to a reporter at the Politico a draft of Sam Alito's majority opinion affirming Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health and overruling Roe versus Wade in Casey versus Planned Parenthood. Essentially, he says that uh, this should go back to the states. And that is the point here. I want to read you from his draft so that you understand what's going on here. Abortion is not going to be banned. It will not become the law of the uh, anti-abortionists will not become the law of the land. It will go back to the state legislatures and each state will decide. Here are two quotes from this draft opinion. Roe versus Wade was egregiously wrong from the start. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey versus Planned Parenthood have inflamed debate and deepened divisions. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. In the years prior to Roe versus Wade, about a third of the states had liberalized their laws. But Roe abruptly ended that political process. It imposed the same highly restrictive regime on the entire nation, and it effectively struck down the abortion laws of every single state. It represented the exercise of raw judicial power, and it sparked a national controversy that has embittered our political culture for a half century. 
He's not wrong. That's why the court should never have uh, done this. Ironically, had the court not gotten involved in Roe versus Wade, uh, most states would have expanded the abortion right in the country. Keep in mind that it was only the Catholics in America who were concerned with this issue until Roe versus Wade. After Roe versus Wade, Catholic bishops were able to persuade Protestant ministers that life was a major issue on which they needed to stand. Thus began the pro-life movement. The pro-life movement did not begin until Roe versus Wade. Very much like the frog in the pot of water metaphor, had it gone slowly over time through state legislatures, you would have never had this mobilized pro-life movement. But the Supreme Court set the water of the nation immediately to boil and the pro-lifers jumped. Started the pro-life movement. And 45 years later, Roe versus Wade is coming to an end. Again, that does not mean that uh, you will no longer be able to have an abortion in the country. It means that each state will set its own abortion rules. Now, some Democrats are saying, well, now we can force the Senate. Now that it's a reality, we can force the Senate to get rid of the filibuster, except Joe Manchin is pro-life, and Joe Manchin has said he will not get rid of the filibuster in order to change Roe versus Wade. Now, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins of the Republicans, they are pro-choice, pro-abortion Republicans, but they've said they will not get rid of the filibuster for this one issue either. Therefore, there are no votes to get rid of the filibuster in the Senate. Chuck Schumer says he's going to force a vote on this, and he wants every senator on record as to whether or not they want to preserve Roe versus Wade. He's already done this once. He'll do it again. I think it's bad politics for them. Now, that's the lay of the land. What happens if this case comes down as such, uh, the Dobbs case comes down like this, as the draft opinion says. Interestingly enough, John Roberts was in favor of upholding the Mississippi 15-week abortion ban, but not in favor of gutting Roe altogether. He's an incrementalist. He's an institutionalist. He didn't think it should happen immediately. This may actually force him to be with the majority now. In fact, um, it appears that the leak was from one of the progressive law clerks designed to persuade perhaps John Roberts, maybe Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett, one of the others, to walk away from Alito's opinion and maybe side with the 15-week ban but not go all the way. There was a, a clear effort to build a public pressure campaign against the court through this leak. It may have the opposite effect of pushing Roberts and them dogmatically into Uh, the Alito camp, and saying, if you're going to radicalize in this way, this is what's going to happen to you. Now, where do we go from here? Before we get to the politics of this, because it's not going to play out the way the Democrats and conventional wisdom are saying, and this isn't me and my bias is saying this, this is data-driven. Before I get to the data, I need to I need you to explain what's happening right now by playing a couple of clips. This is um I forget her first name, Coates. She's a legal analyst for CNN who works with Jeffrey Tubin. 
And I cannot believe that I'm sitting here, Jim, in the year of 2022, a right that I was born into a society that had, that my mother had, that my grandmother had, that my great grandmothers in her lifetime had, that with the stroke of a pen, someone can simply say a fundamental right that is within a zone of privacy that the court has said should be hands off for the government with the stroke of a pen can be taken away. There are a lot of things now on the chopping block. And Steve, you mm -hmm. spoke about an earthquake. Well, a familiar phrase is a slippery slope in the Supreme Court. That which you do in one area could extend to others. Well, fundamental rights include interstate travel, include the idea of same-sex marriage, include same-sex relationships, just to name a few. Now, this is essentially gone. What's next? You know, the Supreme Court changes its mind on things. Plessy versus Ferguson said that a uh, separate but equal was constitutional. Brown versus Board of Education overruled Plessy versus Ferguson. Roe v. Wade was, of course, going to be overruled. Y'all, we had an election in 2016 that decided this. Everyone has already known. The reaction is because they're seeing it in writing now, but they already knew it was coming. Here's Neil Cattell, also a, a progressive lawyer, on MSNBC. Uh, honestly, I want to cry. Um, you know, I want to cry in so many different ways. But um, but just to start with the substance of this decision, this is as full throated and a, um, a muscular a decision as could ever be envisioned. And yes, after the oral argument, I think we all predicted Roe versus Wade was on thin ice. I think many thought it would be another year. Um, I mean, for the last three years, I've been saying, given once Justice Barrett got on the court, Roe's days are numbered. But to see it in print, um, obviously, it's only a draft opinion, uh, but it sure looks like a real opinion. I mean, this is hard. This is not. It doesn't look like it's a deep fake or anything like that. He uses all of Justice Alito's kind of signature moves, um, and uh, so it really does feel legitimate. And what it means, just on abortion first, is that states can now pass laws with no rape or incest exception whatsoever prohibiting abortion, and those are now constitutional. This you can, you can hear the heavy sighs by the others. You can hear the despondency in his voice. Uh, this is Jeffrey Tubin from CNN. And for president, he said this in one of the debates with Hillary Clinton. It wasn't like some big secret. He said, I am going to appoint justices to the Supreme Court who will vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. And a lot of people said, oh, well, maybe he, they, you know, that's just politicking. That is precisely what he has done, or so it appears from this opinion. And, you know, he had three three appointments to the court. He only had one term in office. Jimmy Carter had only one term in office. He had zero appointments. Donald Trump had three. Luck of the draw for him. Uh, but this was not a secret. This was not something that is being sprung on the American people. This was on the ballot in 2016. And the American people voted for the candidate who said he would vote to he would appoint justices to vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. And that is exactly what Donald Trump did. He did. Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell are owed a ton of credit for what has happened. I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I was dubious of his record and his claims that he had become a conservative, but I was wrong. Sure am glad uh, wound up supporting him in 2020. And uh, this sort of stuff is why uh, him standing by Brett Kavanaugh, him pushing through Amy Coney Barrett, uh, the Neil Gorsuch choice, 
Uh, Donald Trump showed that he would stand up for the pro-life movement. Uh, We'll go down in history now as the most pro-life president in American history. Now, I play those clips because here's one thing you've got to understand before we go to break. The American media overwhelmingly is for abortion rights. So when you listen to commentary on pretty much any news outlet, including Fox News, you're going to hear from people who support the right to an abortion. And it's going to shape the way they cover the issue. It's going to shape the way they talk about the issue. It's going to shape what they think are the political calculations of the issue. It's going to shape every single thing. The media and the Democrats are in this bubble. And this, by the way, is a bubble in which a lot of Fox News is as well. I've got a lot of friends in the pro-life movement, and they tell me that Fox News is not a culturally conservative, socially conservative institution when it comes to this issue. And uh, time and time again, what you'll see on CNN, in fact, when I was at CNN for three years, I had a policy that if they asked me to come on and talk about abortion, I would send them the names of the women in charge of every pro-life group in Washington and say, I can't do it. Do this. It was an editorial choice every time. And you watch. You're going to see this on TV in the next couple of weeks. It'll be a pro-life man against a pro-abortion woman. It's what they do. It's what they did every time at CNN. They wanted me to come on to be the pro-life man against the pro-abortion woman because they wanted the visual of this is a bunch of men trying to control women's bodies. They wanted it as an editorial image, and I refused to play along with it. Every major pro-life group in Washington, D.C. is run by women, and you will not find them on television because the media is desperate to make it a pro-life man versus a pro-abortion woman. It is an editorial policy. Time and time again, that shapes all of their coverage. So you have, for example, this woman on CNN as a legal analyst saying, this is horrible. What's next? Are they going to ban interstate travel? Are they going to get rid of gay marriage? Are they going to return segregation? All of the hysteria there. It's not a a pro-abortion woman being hysterical. It is a CNN legal analyst being hysterical because they are pro-abortion. And so for the next few weeks, as we wait for the decision, and by the way, I've got to say, if the Supreme Court was smart, they would go on and release the decision now and not wait. But in the meantime, you're going to see a deeply skewed media cover this. You're already seeing this today with the conventional wisdom that Republicans are very outraged about the leak. And the conventional wisdom on Twitter is that, well, if the Republicans are arguing process, it means they're on defense. I saw a guy tweet that last night. Overnight, it became conventional wisdom. It's not actually true in this case. Yes, normally when one side is talking about process and the other side is talking about the policy, the side talking about process is on defense. That's not really true in this case because Republicans knew we already won. One, and we don't actually believe that there will be nasty political consequences. That is something we need to explore when we come back because just listen to me, and it's data-driven. It's not just my opinion here. It's based on the data. Contrary to those of you on the left, there will not be a major backlash against the GOP in November on this in a large part because all of the people who care about the issue have already picked a political side. Listen, bottom of the hour, I actually want to run through the data. There's just not enough time here. I've got like two minutes. Same with your phone calls. Uh, I went long in that first segment. Uh, But there's a lot of data 
that shows what Democrats say in the media that there's going to be this massive Democratic wave now and massive Democratic enthusiasm now for the election, that it doesn't actually show that in the data. I know if you're a Democrat, you believe that. I know you, you're you fired up now and you're going to go vote and you think everybody else as well. No, actually. And I want to explain that to everyone here. Don't freak out about this decision if you're on the right. Uh, don't put all of your hope in it if you're a Democrat or you're going to really be broken come November when you see what happens. I've got the data for you. I want to share it with you. One thing to note, though, today, there is something that is not being said today. Where did the birthing persons go? Where, where did the birthing persons go? Because it's all about a women's right today. Um, I thought that men could get pregnant too. Isn't it funny how in the lexicon of, of democratic uh, semantics, uh, birthing person goes away when abortion comes up, it's suddenly a woman's right to her body, a woman's right to privacy. What, what about the men who can get pregnant, you bigots? It's just it's amazing to me that 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 when all in on this birthing person BS and then suddenly this decision comes out and like screw you holding us to our own words it's a woman's right to choose. Uh <laughs> Uh no it's it's by the way men can't get pregnant. Uh, some of you, some of you uh, said that, but no, it's it's not really true. Uh, we have now, at least with the Dobbs decision, restored sanity to the language of pregnancy uh, and made it something women can do that men cannot. Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. I want to answer your questions and take your calls, 877-973-7425. But I got a lot of stuff I want to get out of my head before I get to there. So please be patient with me on this. Uh, before I get to your calls, uh, first of all, I want to get into the data now because the conventional wisdom by a pro-abortion leaning media is that this will hurt Republicans and the data says otherwise. Before I get there, though, there is a really important point uh, that has to be made. Uh, so let me give you a sense of this. This is a reporter. This is a reporter. Uh, from uh, the – oh, by the way, Tony Dungy, the the football coach, uh, now um, on um, on retired football coach, now the uh, football pundit on TV is going after Raphael Warnock. Raphael Warnock tweeted, as a pro-choice pastor, I've always believed a patient's room is way too small for a woman or doctor of the U.S. government. Uh, Dungy replying to him, it all comes down to what you believe about the organism growing inside the mother. Is it a life or not? If it's just growing tissue, then your choice makes sense. If it's life, it's obviously not okay to end it. What does your Bible tell you? And then he cites Psalm uh, 139.16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before one of them came to know me. Oh, Tony Dungy calling out Raphael Warnock on social media. Now, this is, I got to read you this because this is from a reporter, from a reporter, not from a pundit. This is an actual uh, tweet from a reporter. You need to hear this tweet from Josh Moon. 
Uh, I'd care much more about the norms and decorum of the Supreme Court if it weren't filled with right-wing partisan hacks who long ago stopped even pretending to be above petty politics. We skimmed right past a justice's wife participating in a coup. Spare me the leak can ringing. Okay, here's the thing you all need to understand. Listen, particularly those of you who are progressives listening right now, you got to understand this. The pro-life movement played by the rules. They nominated pro-lifers within the Republican Party, having taken over the Republican Party. They got those pro-life Republicans elected to office. They got those pro-life Republicans, once elected to office, to advance pro-life judges to the federal court systems. When vacancies came open on the Supreme Court, they were able to advance those pro-life justices to become pro-life justices. They got senators elected who would vote for them and confirm them. None of the pro-lifers' efforts following the rules would have mattered at all had the Democrats not broken the rules. Harry Reid and the Democrats got rid of the Senate's filibuster for nominations. Had Harry Reid and the Democrats not unilaterally scrapped that rule in contravention of the Senate's own rule process, this could not have happened. The bitter irony of this moment of Dobbs becoming the law of the land is it became the law of the land because the Democrats chose to break the rules, ironically, to try to stop this from ever happening. You've got to understand that. I'm not saying anything out of turn here. It is the bitter, ugly, hard truth for you. This day could not have come but for the Democrats breaking the rules when Harry Reid was the majority leader of the Senate. Now, I want to talk to you about the real politics of this. Because the Democrats are convinced this helps them in November, there are a number of problems with that theory. The data does not hold up. Let me first note for you one significant fact from uh, the latest NBC News polling. Democrats are maxed out already with the most pro-abortion group in the country, college-educated women. They are doing 28 points better now with college-educated women than they were in 2010. In 2010, they had a 10-point lead among women with college degrees. They now have a 38-point lead. Also, black women are overwhelmingly pro-abortion. And the Democrats are maxed out with them. So you don't have any political groups with whom you can gain more votes for being pro-abortion than the pro-abortion college-educated women and black women. Additionally, voters who care about this issue already have a side. Uh, Pro-lifers are already voting Republican. Pro-abortionists are already voting Democrat. It's not like they were sitting on the fence, I don't know which side is pro-abortion, which side pro-life. They already knew. On top of that... Do you know, in a nation of 334 million people, do you know how many abortions there were last year? In the year 2021, a time of lockdowns, a time of people engaging in regular sexual activity, uh, frankly, with friends and others just to pass the time when they were in lockdown, among other things, and, and the stress of COVID and all. Do you know how many pregnancies were terminated in an abortion in a nation of 334 million people? According to the Guttmacher Institute, which is the abortion industry's think tank, 
880,000. That's it. According to Guttmacher, which is run by Planned Parenthood, there were 880,000 abortions in America in 2021. In other words, most Americans don't know a single person this issue is going to affect, but they know a lot of people who are struggling financially right now. But more than that, uh, Notre Dame University in 2020 surveyed people's attitudes of abortion, and this gets really missed in the conversation. Of the women who have had abortions within the last decade, most have become pro-life. Of the women who have had abortions in the last decade, most have become pro-life. Let me read you this from Notre Dame. None of the Americans we interviewed talked about abortion as a desirable good. Views range in terms of abortion's preferred availability, justification, or need, but Americans do not uphold abortion as a happy event or something they want more of. From restrictive to ambivalent to uh, permissive, we instead heard about the desire to prevent, reduce, and eliminate. Stories from those who have had abortions are likewise harrowing, even when the person telling it retains a commitment to abortion's availability. This doesn't get talked about because so much of the media is so pro-abortion. Many of them, they haven't had abortions, but they're pro-abortion. They like it in theory. They've never had it in practice. Of the women who have had abortions in this country, a majority consider themselves pro-life now and regret having had the abortion. Again, I'm not giving you my opinion here. I'm giving you the data. I'm giving you the facts. I'm giving you the the information based on -on one-on-one in-person surveys. I'm giving you the reality here. We are May 3rd right now. It is May 3rd that I'm speaking. If you're listening to me live, the election is in November, the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. It's a long way away. And the reality is nothing's going to change. The issue goes back to the states. It doesn't ban abortion. It goes back to the states. And a number of states have preemptively passed laws that would prohibit abortion. And guess what? In those states, overwhelmingly, abortions are not done already because there aren't abortion clinics. So the states that have laws that will ban abortion are states where there already are no abortion clinics. So the people in those states aren't affected by a law banning abortion. And in other states like California and New York and Illinois, they have laws on the books in Connecticut that will make abortion on demand a constitutional right until the moment of birth. And so the people who live in those states won't be affected either. There are very few states in America where people will be affected in any way, shape, or form by this decision, but even then it will be a democratic decision where people can choose to vote for elected representatives to change the law without a judicial fiat that precludes even the debate on the issue. So by November, the odds are if there were 880,000 abortions in America last year, according to Planned Parenthood's research arm, There were only 880,000 out of 334 million people. So the odds are by the time you get to November, you will still not know a single person who tried to get an abortion and could not. 
but you will know a person who could not afford to fill up their car with gas. You will know a person who couldn't go to the grocery store and buy everything they wanted. You will know a person who couldn't go to the grocery store and even find the things they wanted. You will know a person who runs a business and is having a hard time getting people to work. You will know a person who can't find meaningful work because of the coming collapse of the economy. You will know a person whose 401k has declined so much they're thinking they have to go back to work. You will know a person who is worried about their children in harm's way in the military overseas as things get more aggressive in Europe and the Middle East. You will know people directly impacted by the economy in ways you will still not know a single soul impacted by the Dobbs decision. The Democrats already have every single pro-abortion voter in the country on their side. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Do you know who the most pro-life group in America is? Do you know who the most pro-life group in America is? Hispanic women. Yeah. So if you're thinking you're suddenly going to get Hispanics on your side as a swing group, no, actually, Hispanic voters in America are the most pro-life voters in the United States of America. So this issue isn't going to impact them either. It's not going to impact them. So how do you expand the base of pro-abortion voters for November, Democrats? And here's the other problem here. Republicans have successfully persuaded these people over the last year on culture issues, the issue down in Florida, the transgender issue, the defund the police issue, critical race theory. Republicans have been making those cases in the last year. And now Republicans are pivoting to immigration crime in the economy. So if Democrats go down this road strategically, Republicans have now boxed them in to a position where the Democrats in this country (laughs) are now going to be campaigning on abortion at a time Republicans are saying, why are you guys talking about abortion? Look at the economy. Look at inflation. Look at crime. Look at the border situation. Remember, Title 42 is going to go away. We're going to have a massive wave. We already had a million people. More illegal immigrants have crossed the border from Mexico this year than all Americans have had abortions this last year combined. We're in May 3rd, and a million illegal immigrants have crossed the border already this year. Last year, only 880,000 people had an abortion in this country. (laughs) Immigration's a bigger issue. It impacts more people. And it's number three in the polling behind inflation and the economy generally. Abortion isn't a factor. It's only a factor with people who are already going to vote Democrat anyway. So the conventional wisdom in the media, and this is why I spent so much at the beginning of the hour explaining to you how the media shapes the conversation, how the media covers the conversation, how the media frames the conversation and talks about it and sees it because you need to understand that what you're hearing in the media is not reflective of reality. In November, you're still not going to know someone who had or wanted an abortion. But you are going to know someone who's struggling because of Joe Biden's economy. And that is what will matter at the polls. 
one of the groups that's out there helping the pro-life movement and helping the Second Amendment movement and helping the First Amendment movement and helping the conservative movement is Patriot Mobile. To do it, they need you as a customer, though, because they can take their profits and give it to the movement. And they do. They do. And they release their data every year so that you, the customer, can see that they're keeping their word. They're Christians. They're conservatives. They're good people. And if you take your business to them, you amplify their ability to help the conservative cause and you get great service because they use the same cell towers that everybody else does. So you you don't have to worry about the quality. You get 5G, you get voice, you get digital, you name it. Uh, and you get data. What you do is you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You get free activation with my name. You get incredible discounts if you're a teacher, veteran, first responder. If you have a large family, you need multiple lines like our family does, you get discounts there too. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. I am going to squeeze in a phone call here. I will spend time. Those of you on the phones, please be patient. I had a lot to say, as you can tell, and I want to take your phone calls, and so I'm going to spend time on them. I'm going to go first, though, uh, to Jake. You're going to be up first. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, doing great, Eric. How are you? Great. Hey, I hope I say this right. Um, I'm 46, and over my lifetime being involved in politics, I've seen both sides of the aisle raise billions of dollars on the issue of abortion, either promising to repeal Roe or promising to prevent people from repealing Roe. If this wedge, if this issue is removed as a wedge issue for both sides, where does, where does politics go from there? Um, Oh, you know, it, so it, it, it plays out at the state level. Um, that's what I think happens here. It, you know, so uh, let, let me give – this is such a good question, Jake. Uh, let, me, let me give everybody a history lesson here. Um, in the early 1900s, state legislative races mattered more than federal races. And they mattered because the state legislatures in most states chose the United States senator. So the robber barons of the day, the big industrialists, would spend lots of money in state elections and gubernatorial elections, and they didn't spend so much in Washington, D.C. And those states, then the governors nominated senators. Ultimately, in the progressive movement of the early 1900s, uh, people uh, shifted for the direct election of the senators. And over time, Washington became more and more the center of the political universe. I actually think this decision helps devolve politics back to the states more than anything. Uh, so you will now have much more aggressive state elections. The problem for the Democrats here, at least for the next decade, is because they've so ignored state legislative elections and state gubernatorial elections in favor of Washington elections that the Republicans have now, con they now control the majority of states, legislatively, gubernatorially. And so it will take time for the Democrats to rebuild a state level movement to begin passing uh, pro-abortion laws at the state level. Um, they are they they genuinely truly are gonna be behind 
in a way that Republicans have not been because Republicans have been playing this game, building up at the state level because Republicans saw where the federal government was headed with the Supreme Court. They began laying the groundwork early on to elect a lot of pro-lifers in a lot of states while Democrats were just fixated on Washington. The Democrats made a ton of strategic mistakes in the pro-abortion fight because they, they basically concentrated all of their energy in Washington and conservatives had to play it out in the states, and consequently that caused the election of a lot of pro-lifers, got a lot of presidents who were pro-life elected, and it got the Supreme Court where it needed to be. I mean, I, I, I see this big meltdown on Twitter right now of people saying that um, – I, I said nothing's really going to change, but really it's not. Uh, overwhelmingly, a lot of these states already don't have abortion clinics or only one. 880,000 abortions last year in this country. It's really not going to change a lot in this country, even though the Democrats think that it is. It's not. Um, people in their day-to-day life aren't going to see this, but they are going to see a lot of economic despair still. When we come back, I want to focus on your calls out of the gate. I've done y'all a disservice leaving you on hold so long. 877-973-7425. We will talk to you when we come back.